A special episode of 511 News recorded from the mission field in Ensenada, Mexico. What is a false dilemma and what does scripture have to say about that? Stay with us on location as I speak with two special guests on this episode of 511 News. Now there are two kinds of people in the world, only two kinds, not black and white, not rich and poor. There are those who are dead in sin and there are those who are dead to sin. After three nights of unbridled lawlessness across London, the contagion is spreading. The problem is that God has already judged this. He has judged murder already. I don't need to question it. I don't need to ask and wonder what his plan is. We're commanded as Christians not to participate in the works of darkness, but expose them. Welcome back to 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson, and this episode is a special episode. I know I say that about every episode, but this one specifically is special because I am literally on the mission field. I am in Mexico. It is the middle of the night, but we wanted to make sure that 511 News still had a nice new recording for people to listen to. So not only am I here, but I have a couple of special guests, and I will get to them in a minute. But we have a lot of really cool topics that we want to discuss and We want to talk a little bit about getting out of our comfort zone. We want to talk about the mission field, what we're doing out here in Mexico. Uh, But also, I want to give you a little background. Um, As some of you guys may know, uh, for the last five years, I've been a head wrestling coach. Before that, previous six years, I was an assistant coach. But both of these young men wrestled for me. One of them actually coached with me last year as well. And I got to know them really, really well and got to feed into their life uh, from a biblical perspective. And I wanted to talk about that first because I think one of the most important things is that people think that they need to go to Timbuktu, they need to go to Brazil, they need to go wherever they want uh, to share the gospel and don't realize that their mission field is literally when they open their door. They are, and a lot of people, whether it's their husband or spouse who isn't saved or their family, their mom, their dad, their sister, their brother, somebody, they have a mission field right in their house. But the fact is, is that if you are a believer, if you are a blood-bought believer, if you're a new creation in Christ, you've been given a job, and that's an ambassador. And I know for me, uh, for the last five years, as a head coach specifically, I did as an assistant coach, but was more involved in this way, I got involved in sharing the gospel because if you can't share the gospel in your vocation, in the things, your hobbies, and the things that you're good at, then I'm really wondering what you're doing because you are a minister of the gospel. You're supposed to be sharing. You're supposed to be doing things to further the kingdom of God. So when you have an open field and a chance, you should be doing that. And I know I did that with these guys, and uh, praise God, I think it bore some fruit. But uh, I'll give you a little introduction. First, uh, I'm going to give you the introduction for Armand, all right, Armand Barbacanian. I called him Armand Barbacanian, and he got what was called the uh, Alphabet Award because I'm not very good at spelling Armenian names. But nonetheless, Armand Barbacanian wrestled for me for for 3.275 years. Uh, He had a a, a quick brain aneurysm where he quit for a little bit, but we forgive him for that. And uh, I'm just excited that he's here on the mission field, and I'm excited for you to get to hear some of his insights. We've been uh, debating and talking philosophy a little bit now over the last few years, and uh, it's been a really good time, and I'm really excited to have you. Armand, you can say a little hello to start if you'd like. Yeah, hey guys. Um, Yeah, I only recently came to Christ a few months ago, and... uh, this is my first mission trip uh, ever, and it's a really cool experience. It's a new experience, and from what I can tell, it's actually a lot of fun, and it's really easy compared to what the other guys tell me when they have to go to Africa and stuff like, <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, amen, amen. Yeah. No, that's cool, man, and um, that's one of the most important things is um, 
if you are going to come to Christ, uh, it's really good to get right to work. And I know we've uh, talked about on this episode, or not this episode, but on this podcast show, I've talked about the woman at the well where Jesus Christ came to her. Uh, he shared with her. A lot of people have uh, some false teaching there that say, oh, you know, he just came and he was just so nice and he never judged her. But yeah, he called her out for her sin, said you're living with someone who's not your husband. And then what happened? What did she use to share the gospel? She went out to her town, uh, Samaria, Samaria, and said, hey, this man just told me everything I'd ever done in my whole life. So guess what? You can be a witness. You can be sharing the gospel because we are new creations in Christ. And if you're a new creation in Christ, then guess what? You are an ambassador. You're a reconciler. Okay. You are a minister of reconciliation. And that's exactly what Armand's doing here. He's out here sharing the gospel. So I'm really excited about that. Also with me today is Nico Hanessi. And Nico wrestled for me all four years. He never quit like Armand did for that short period of time. But nonetheless, uh, Nico actually has been running the, uh, helping run the FCA over the last three years uh, at Simi High. And if you know anything about Fellowship of Christian Athletes, um, especially in your localized area, I know I had probably spoken at seven different schools um, before I got to see me high at different FCAs. And I don't know if I ever saw more than 12 or 12 or 15 people there at the most at a meeting. And if you came to an FCA meeting at our school, you would have saw a hundred kids there a number of times. So it was really impactful, really amazing. And, and Nico did a great job with that. So I'll give you, I gave you my little background of, of Nico uh, and uh, let him say a little hello. How's it going guys? It's Nico. It's a pleasure to be on here. Um, like you said, I've been wrestling for the last four years, which is an awesome time. And I've also had the pleasure to be a part of FCA for the last four years and to be able to lead it um, the last three years of my high school career. And um, that was just an awesome experience. And I was able to move in myself and my relationship with God in a lot of ways. And and like he was telling you, I was able to, um, or we as a club were, was able to get in, I mean, upwards of 100 people for many uh, different uh, meetings and so God just worked in great incredible ways of Rat see me high which is awesome but yeah praise the Lord so it's a lot of exciting uh you know there are a lot of exciting things going on and one of the things that happens in ministry and uh, we were actually talking about this right before we uh, came to record um, and that is what's called the false dilemma or the false dichotomy. And what happens with false dichotomies and, and false dilemmas is people bring the, forth these arguments. And if somebody's just talking to you, maybe it sounds pretty good on the surface. And as it says in Proverbs 18, uh, the first to plead his case seems right until someone else comes and defends against it. And that's what we want to do. We want to talk about a couple of false dichotomies. I thought maybe they should could share some examples. Uh, maybe out there, Armand just finished, what, his first or second year through uh, college, first year through college. And, um, you know, he's he's a really intelligent guy dealing with philosophy and things like that. So maybe he can give a couple of answers. I know for for me, working at uh, and, and serving alongside with Good Fight Ministries for the last five or six years, one of the biggest things, there's there's two things that we hear the most of, and both of them actually are a false dichotomy, okay? The first one that we hear all the time, and it's awesome because Scripture actually answers precisely against this terrible argumentation, and that is the argument of why are you exposing wickedness when you can simply pray for them? And on the surface, that can sound pretty good. Someone can say that, and you'd be like, yeah, man, why aren't you just sitting there praying for Lady Gaga? Why aren't you sitting there praying for Miley Cyrus and all these things? And what's interesting to me is always the fact that, oh, 
before we make these videos, before we write these articles, I know specifically every single time that I've worked with Joe or anyone else in the ministry, we've sat and prayed for their salvation, prayed that they would repent, that they would turn away from their wickedness before we ever expose it. We do that first and foremost. And so it's a false dilemma because what it does is say, oh, you can't do X if you're doing Y, when in fact you can. I can pray for them and I can expose wickedness. And also people will say, why are you doing this kind of ministry when you can be doing that kind of ministry? For example, why are you doing exposing wickedness when you can feed the poor? Well, that is also the pro- one of the big problems is Good Fight Ministries, including myself, has been involved with the Rescue Mission, the Samaritan Center uh, around town, and we do those things. But regardless, Paul specifically talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, about the body and how the body works and how the hand can't set to the feet. I have no use for you. And there are different ministries that God has given each and every one of us. So it's really important that we answer that properly from Scripture so that when we hear those things, we can recognize the ridiculous argumentation, point it out, and say, this is false. Because sometimes it's ignorance, and a lot of times it's dishonesty. And uh, I remember hearing from one evangelist, when he was told from someone, hey, this is how you should share the gospel, and this is how you should share the gospel, this is how blah, blah, blah. And he said, I'm not going to let someone who doesn't share the gospel tell me how I'm supposed to, okay? Because a lot of times that's the truth. And I think for today specifically, we're in Mexico, okay? And don't think that <laughs> probably all three of us in this room have heard the same thing, I, I would argue, hey, why are you going down to Mexico when you could build houses right here, when you can do something right here? The problem is each and every one of us, as Nico just mentioned, FCA, have done plenty around our area. I know my wife and I have thrown Revivas, a local concert, to reach out to people uh, in our neighboring community. But nonetheless, it's not that I want to virtue signal. I want to prove that I can do both, okay? And that's the thing. We can do both. And I would say that 99 times out of 100, the person that usually asks me that doesn't do anything for the neighboring community either. And so they're literally just bringing up an argument that's just not true. And the problem is, I always ask, please just come, come with us, come see, okay, come and share the gospel, come be on the streets uh, sharing the gospel. I tell this quick story because I got Nico right here, and maybe maybe I'll let you tell the first part of it, Nico, before we get into other false dilemmas, uh, because I just ran into a guy that two years ago, this is Nico's third time coming to Mexico with me, I actually just got back from buying tacos actually down the street from someone that Nico actually had the chance to share the gospel with just a couple of years ago, and I'll tell you about the encounter that I had, but the first thing I want you to hear is what Nico did uh, when he met him a couple years ago at Tacos El Rey in Ensenada, Mexico. Nico, tell the story. So um, what we've been trying to do out here in Mexico is to be able to try out all the different taco places around the area, um, which has been an awesome experience. But one of them in particular, we were there one night, and this was my first year, so this would have been two years ago. And um, Chad was telling me about uh, this good person test, which is... Uh, such an awesome way to be able to witness to someone and really easy transition and to be able to talk to them about um, Jesus and and the message and, you know, that whole kind of stuff. And so he points out a guy to me and he says, Nika, this is the guy you're going to do your first good person test here. And I remember him going back to the car. He was getting something and I was walking back and forth and thinking, like, I don't know if I could do this. And 
and um, like rehearsing it in my head, the the whole good person test, have you ever told a lie, all these kinds of things. And and I'm telling you, it, it, this was like a six foot two, um, from what I can remember, six foot two, really stern, um, aggressive looking guy, not friendly in the slightest. And I'm coming in as oh, going into my, like I just finished up, finishing up sophomore year. And we had to um, walk up to him. I was nervous out of my mind and uh, it being my first time. And um, But I had Chad right beside me and um, it was just a really cool experience being able to uh, witness to him for the first time. And it was really hard to break and I know I wasn't um, receiving the comfort that I had imagined, but um, I know he was taken or Chad had me like under his wings right beside me. And as soon as I was having a little trouble, he chimed right in and then from there we went into like a maybe a 30 and 40 minute conversation with him and and he was so eager and he heard and we had bible verses and scripture for him that he pulled out a pen and paper to write down and um to just have for later use but yeah i mean that was an experience we had so so i was really excited about that first of all one of my favorite thing not one of my favorite thing to do in the world is to share the gospel and most importantly go out there with somebody and show them hey this is one way you can share the gospel you know maybe share your testimony or you can go out and you like you use ray comfort system and uh, do the good person test and then you get right into the meat of the gospel you know when it comes to the atoning sacrifice of jesus christ's resurrection and what was cool was that I literally, like I said, I just walked in. I just saw this guy. I haven't seen him in two years. I actually visited the taco stand a year ago and he wasn't there. So I was a little sad, but it was really cool because even though we can be sad sometimes, God's timing works out way better than ours. And I just got back from there, just walked in the door from there. And when I went there, I was sitting around with a couple of the guys and they had never met him and I had, but I didn't know it's been two years. Maybe he's not going to remember me. So I was sitting around and I couldn't remember how much English he knew. So I'm sitting around with who was going to try to translate, but he's a young man and he's not all that good at translating. So I was like, Hey, do you remember me? Uh, dos, uh, dos años ago. And he's like, I was like, do you speak any English? And he's like, yeah. And he was like, I totally remember you. He's like, you gave me the long list of verses to look at. And I was like, do you remember my, my young friend? And, and we started going back and forth and talking. And I asked him if he was going to a church because we planted Blessed Hope Chapel, our uh, home church for uh, Good Fight Ministries, Pastor Joe Schimmel, or uh, the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries, Pastor Joe Schimmel, is the pastor there. We founded a church down here in Mexico. And I said, dude, it's right down the street from your taco stand. You got to go. Have you gone yet? Have you been going to fellowship? Have you been getting in the word? And he said, no, because my heart wasn't ready yet. And he looked me dead in the eyes and he said, my heart, my heart is ready now. I'm ready to go. And I'm like, wow, two years. And it all started with Nico giving this guy a good person test. So pretty cool. I, we're, we're really excited about it. But that got us way off course. Uh, but I, it's always better to have a little conversation, especially when we have something like that happen. But I want to get back to some of the false dichotomies, especially, you know, Armin's a pretty smart guy and he's got to deal with this stuff. And I know he gets a little frustrated with some of the uh, <laughs> some of the SJW uh, nonsense that, that happens. Uh, if you guys haven't heard of that, that's social justice warriors. Okay. Uh, these are not real warriors. Uh, they don't actually fight for any real justice. Okay. Not the justice of the Bible, the only true justice we have given from God. Uh, but they are social. I'll give them that. Now, uh, they, they do stand true to one of those words. But nonetheless, Armand, I would love, since you've been going to school, you've been dealing with a little more, you've sent me some 
interesting pictures of emails you've gotten. And um, I actually was going to share that one of them, one of the emails you got about uh, being uh, your professor being cisgendered. But nonetheless, I decided I wasn't going to. And I'll let you talk about maybe maybe some sort of false dichotomy, uh, false dilemma argumentation that you've dealt with. Yeah, a really common one is uh, it's not even really really on college campus campuses exclusively. It's a, like an American thing now, where whenever you tell someone that they're wrong, or you explain to someone that they made a mistake, or that this is true or this is false, they'll tell you, "Well, that's just my opinion," or "I still have a right," or "I'm still entitled to whatever I believe. I can believe whatever I want, and I don't care that it's wrong." Where clearly. You having a false belief doesn't mean that you aren't entitled to hold, to still hold that belief, even though it's wrong. And you still shouldn't hold a belief that you know to be false, that you have no good reasons for believing and a lot of good reasons for not believing. And this is what most thinkers, it's not a controversial thing to say, most philosophers, most people that you talk to, and you even have support from scripture saying that you shouldn't believe things that you know not to be true. You're lying to yourself. And you're not pursuing the truth, and this doesn't lead to good outcomes. So that's just one example. No, I think that's really good. And, and like you said, it's it's not what God wants, you know, because I love reading through the Gospel, Gospel of John, First John, you know, and you just see the emphasis on truth immediately. You see Jesus literally telling us he is the truth. He says, the truth will set you free over and over again. And I believe if we do not pursue truth, we'll fall into falsehood. And in fact, that's actually um, one of the things that happens in the end times is that people are given over a lie because they were unwilling to know the truth. Uh, actually, Armand was telling me a little bit about, uh, was it astrology? Astrology and nonsense? Zodiac signs, that's right. Zodiac signs that you were dealing with someone and you were explaining to them how ridiculous they are, how general a lot of those things are, and you literally pointed out the fact that this is absolute nonsense, you know, and uh, the person answered, how how was it that they they ended that combo? It ended up them just saying, it's still my opinion, I still want to believe it, I don't care. It was kind of ridiculous. I still want to believe it. I don't care. You know, it was funny because I was talking to, and, and I got two guys, you know, when they wrestled for me, I called them the Armenian Thunder, you know, because I had two Armenian guys wrestle for me. And they're both really good at wrestling, by the way. But um, but nonetheless, I had these guys there, and I was just recently at at the gym sitting down, and I wanted to share the gospel with this, uh, this guy I'd really been praying for that I'd seen a couple times at the gym. And him and this girl were in the sauna when I was in there. It was late at night, and... I was talking to them and they started talking about, oh, what, you know, what sign are you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the sign of the cross. You know, I'm, I'm the sign of Jesus. I was like, I don't really, I think that stuff's nonsense, you know. But it opened up a conversation, you know, because people want to be spiritual, they say. They want to be spiritual. And mostly what that is, it is the, it's the breaking of the first two commandments. It's, it's believing in a false God. And it's also creating a God that does not exist. And most of the time, what that God looks like is the person that you look at in the mirror. That God that you believe in has the same exact core values as you, and you can put him in your you know, back pocket, treat him like a butler, and uh, see what happens, because I can tell you from personal testimony, see what happens when those prayers, so un- so-called, stop getting answered the way you want them to. What happens is you start uh, suppressing the truth and unrighteousness even worse than you already have, and I know that was true for me in my life, but instead of me getting all into my life story again, because you guys hear my testimony plenty of uh, times on here, and um, actually... 
if you guys uh, listen to this podcast this this week, uh, Good Fight Radio Show, the Good Fight Radio Show with Joe Schimmel and also Tony Palacio just dropped on Podbean, and it should be up on on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everything else. So we want to really get you guys in there because you get a half hour with me here. I know today I got Armand and Nico here to throw some ideas around, uh, but that show is really awesome. And we're gonna have we have Joe Schimmel on there. Um, you guys know how awesome that is, and we're also going to be having other guests as well soon. So make sure you're subscribing there. You're subscribing here. All we want to do is get get out the truth. We want to get out some really good information to you. But back to what I wanted to talk about because we got about nine minutes left here. I wanted to talk about getting out of your comfort zone and what that means to to some people. Okay, because sometimes getting out of your comfort zone is simply having a discussion about truth like Armand was just talking about. That can be really, really difficult. Just having a discussion about truth, okay? Try to be someone that's standing up for the right, uh, the, against the right of baby murder. We actually, while we're here in Mexico, got a text. We're in a little group chat, and we got a text from one of our friends that he, thank God, stood up for something and they were talking about baby murder in their class. You know, they'll call it abortion to try to whitewash it, but it's just killing of babies. And uh, apparently he uh, was the only one who was against it, you know, and that's really where the culture's going. And maybe I'll talk about that a little bit before we get to talk about comfort zone. Did you guys see that? You know, maybe I'll, I'll start with Nico. He's just got out of high school. Did you see that narrative? And we, and if you guys know anything about Simi Valley, where we're from, it's actually much more conservative than most areas, especially on issues like this. Uh, I know we just recently had 18 churches meeting up to do an evangelism, uh, talk about setting up an evangelism trip out there. So we do have a very strong conservative base. We have a good church base, quite a few churches, and you got a lot of people that love Jesus, but you got plenty that don't. And the problem is, is the nonsense is being taught in the schools, in all honesty. Um, but I want to hear some of the narratives maybe that you guys know of situations, and I am putting them on the spot because I didn't talk to them about this before, but situations or people or the narrative that's being run when it comes to issues like abortion or maybe gay marriage. So a big thing for me in high school was to be able to decipher my uh, just play, playing grounds in terms of where I'm efficiently and biblically engaging in some sort of debate with someone. And so... For example, in my history class this last year, we were given uh, such an opportunity, all of us, to be able to have all these different types of discussions. And just in light of the whole Alabama law and um, uh, mass shootings, there was a lot of big topic, big debates on uh, gun rights and then also on abortion rights. And so uh, it was important for me, obviously, to not leave this classroom without being able to share as much as I can in defense of the millions of babies that are being slaughtered every year. And so from these debates and, and conversations that we've had, I've, I have, I now have someone who I believe um, won't have a conversation with me for the rest of his life uh, because of the talks we've had. And uh, that's obviously not something I'm okay with or would have liked to happen. Um, I would like, I like to be on good standing with everyone, but just from his feelings about abortion and how he was so so heavily inclined into this narrative of of it being so disgusting for someone to say that you're against a woman's right to be able to choose what they want for their body it just just led to such a hatred on my behalf for saying well how can you let um the an innocent life be punished 
for the wrongdoings of other people. And so I've learned maybe not being, um, choosing my, my playing grounds in terms of conversations with him or with, um, like I was telling Chad earlier, a teacher that I had who was very anti-Christian and I had to be able to make this decision. I could either be sitting in this classroom for my, um, for the rest of the year. He was my English teacher. Um, but, um, a little backstory, this, this teacher was a very, he was very, uh, well, so he was a Antifa, right? So he was Antifa. So this is information that we're finding out, um, through other students and then finding out through Facebook pages and that kind of stuff. So, so first I'm finding out that he's Antifa and that's obviously something that you would not want as a high school student to find out that your teacher is um, engaging in stuff like that. But anyway, he was very strongly pushing a narrative in his classroom that was anti-Christianity. He did not use BC and AD because he did not want that the timeline that he used in his classroom to be based off the birth and death of Jesus Christ. And so talking to my coach and seeking coach who's Chad is and seeking counseling, I had to make the decision. It is not, it is not healthy for me to stay in this class and try to debate or argue with my teacher who has the authority in the classroom. Um, and that is just better to find a new, uh, or talk to the administration and say, um, I just do not feel comfortable in this classroom. Uh, I do not feel like it's healthy for me. I would like to find a new teacher. And so in that case, um, I thought it was uh, God's will that I switched classrooms. So those were just a few of uh, cases that I've dealt with as a high schooler, in my, especially my senior year. Yeah, no, that's that that's tough for anybody, and and those decisions are not always easy, you know, because it always it comes down to, hey, I'd love to be able to witness to the people in my class, but that sounds really good on paper, but then when you actually deal with the situation in person, and you recognize that, like you said, he has this authority over him, and he has the mic basically, so it, it, those those decisions can be really tough. You know, it's nice to use the Socratic method when you can ask questions and, and realize how terrible their argumentation is, but nonetheless, that's pretty bad. I know I only got about another four minutes left, but uh, maybe Armand, you could talk on this as well, because I am sure at the college level you're having fun with these types of conversations. Yeah, it's pretty much every class now. It was, I mean, Nico was talking about how it was bad in high school. It's it was it's much worse in college, and even building off what he said about his teacher being anti-Christian, where before uh, secular teaching has now sort of become the presumption of atheism in your classes, where your teachers, where you, in no class is the is the hypothesis where God can explain something, or if God can factor into this theory or this worldview, he's simply removed from from the class. He's not allowed to enter into the classroom. And you're left without him. There's no teacher that will push Christianity on you. It's usually in one direction. They try to provide a natural explanation for things. And yeah, that's basically how it is. There's no pro-Christian teaching. It's always anti-Christian. And then inevitably because of that goes left wing. Because in America, usually um, the Christian viewpoint is tied to a right wing viewpoint too. So. No, it's really interesting to, and, and hopefully you guys are really gaining a lot from those perspectives because we are talking about guys. It's not like, hey, this is me 
you know, this, this guy who's, you know, talking from a pulpit or something or behind a mic and, and telling you guys how terrible it is for kids or anything like that. I mean, it's also a blessing that these guys are recognizing those things and it's tough. And, you know, you guys got to make those decisions when it comes to also what kind of schooling your kids are going to, you know, I would always warn, you know, it's really dangerous. You know, if you send your kids off to Caesar, it's really hard for them not to come back as Romans. So it can be very difficult and, and going through the mind fields of that. We're talking right now, we have three people sitting in a room. All three of those are from the public school, um, you know, education system. My, my wife, most of the kids that were, they were in my youth group were all homeschooled children, you know, um, and follow the Lord, you know, with all their heart. And some guys, you know, maybe, you know, like Nico came up, you know, and had his pitfalls and different things, but eventually made sure he was living completely right and sold out for Jesus. And because of that, was able to minister in, in different ways. And we got to see that. Um, but a lot of times it's really, really difficult uh, within those um, prisms, you know, because it can be tough when you are the only voice of sanity. You know, it, it can, it's not something that's really easy and it's not fun and there's a lot of weight that comes on your shoulders, but that comes with getting out of your comfort zone. That comes with, if you truly believe in Jesus, you believe his word is true, things are going to come up, problems are going to happen, and if you share the truth, it separates. That is what truth does. It separates falsities from reality. So when you are sharing truth and it separates, people are going to have to make a decision, and that's why the gospel is great. The gospel is great because it causes you to make a decision. Are you going to follow Christ? Are you going to trust in him? Are you going to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself as he calls us to, or are you going to do something else? The The words of Matthew 12, 30, which I, I stamp as the salvific words for my faith, okay, the words of Christ. The Bible says that you're saved by grace through faith, okay, and it also says faith comes by hearing, hears by the words of Christ. I gave my life to Christ by the words of Matthew 12, 30, where, where Jesus said, he who is not with me is against me. And I remember Pastor Joe in the DVD, they sold their souls for rock and roll saying to not make a choice is to make a choice. And that's what's great. Uh, we can see some pitfalls. We can see how it's tough to hold on to the truth. We can see how tough it is to get out of your comfort zone. But I'm excited. I only got a couple of minutes left. I'm going to close this up here. I'm excited to have these guys here with me in Mexico serving Christ. And I pray right now that if somebody out there uh, is is thinking about maybe doing a mission trip, I wouldn't say missions, you know, with an S at the end, because I think it sounds weird, right, Nico? But I would say if anyone's out there thinking about doing a mission trip, okay, first of all, make sure your heart's right. I mean, I've heard of people coming and then giving life to Christ, but ultimately, if you're on a mission, it should be one mission, and that mission should bring the gospel to Jesus, to Jesus Christ. One last story. I remember when I was a newer believer, I met somebody at a Bible study, a friend of mine, I became a friend, and he said he was going to go off on a mission trip. And I was all excited about it for him. And at that time was a switch in both of us. He was going off to do this mission trip, and I myself was began going out sharing the gospel on the streets of Santa Monica every Friday night. And I did that, and I think it microwaved my faith where I needed to be in the Word every single day. As you can hear, Armand speaking with a ton of wisdom when it comes to these things, and, and, and he being so fresh. You hear Nico talking about it as a young man, and I know, like, for me, it just microwaved my faith. And in that six months, I changed. My walk with Christ completely changed, 
And so did the guy who went on the mission trip. Because when he came back and I asked him, oh man, dude, you've been gone for six months, Sri Lanka, all these places. How many people did you share the gospel with? And when his words were, well, we didn't really have time for that, my heart broke because I recognized that you wasted a lot of money and time to go surfing or whatever you did because it broke my heart. Because the fact is, is if you're going and building a house for somebody and not sharing with them the gospel, they can have a house all the way to hell. If you work at a drug rehab and you're sharing with people the truth uh, that God breaks addictions, if you're sharing with them that truth and not sharing with them the actual gospel of Jesus Christ, then guess what? They can be sober all the way to hell. And you can do that with any ministry. You can be pro-life all the way to hell. But ultimately, you want to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Guys, are there any verses you'd like to lead off with to finish up t- today? Nico or Armand, who wants to do it? I'll go first. Ni- All right, Armand, you g- give me a verse. Yeah, um, as it pertains to what I said, uh, verses uh, Proverbs 1-2, for, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction is prudent behavior. Has to that's the support for believing, working to believe things that are true, and avoiding to and avoiding believing false things that you don't to not be true. Amen. Amen. All right, Nico, what you got? All right, verse to finish this off. Just talking about everything is one of my favorite verses. James one two. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. Amen, amen. Talk about get out of your comfort zone. Talk about being tested. And I'll leave you guys with this. I pray that you're active in sharing your faith so you have a full understanding of every good thing you have in Christ. This has been Chad Davidson, Nico Hanessian, and Armand Vivacanian with the 511 News.